Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out and like us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow us on Telegram, as well as on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. You can subscribe to notifications on the website to follow the blog there. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Now, on to the episode. Liberty. For my fellow Tennesseans, I'm coming to the belief that the word liberty, or the concept of liberty, is either an unknown concept to our General Assembly, or it is a concept that they are intent on doing away with entirely. Most likely, it is a combination of both, much like how the usurpers in Congress deal with liberty. Well, some of the people in the Tennessee General Assembly, and the U.S. Congress anyway, I know there are some true patriots in the General Assembly that are servant leaders for their constituents. D.C., on the other hand, It remains to be seen, but we know which party is in the majority there. It is the big government, higher taxes, and socialist party that holds the reins of powers right now with their titular head, Mr. Poopy Pants, ice cream connoisseur. The biggest difference right now between the two legislative bodies is that the Tennessee General Assembly has a supermajority of the party that is supposed to represent small government, lower taxes, and individual freedom. Their actions this past weekend prove my point once again that we have a trans-publican supermajority. We need true, conservative, servant leadership to represent Tennesseans. If you are unaware of what transpired this weekend, it can be safely said that the trans-publican supermajority abdicated their legislative authority to Ford Motor Company, in addition to setting up two distinct classes of citizens here in the volunteer state. And let's not forget the reason why they established two distinct classes of citizens. Bending the knee to the federal government. So, after Governor Lee convened a special session of the General Assembly to offer Ford tax breaks to build their Blue Oval City at the megasite in West Tennessee, Ford has now been enabled or empowered to intervene in the legislative process and to deny citizens in the volunteer state their inalienable right to breathe fresh air. When the special session was convened to supposedly tackle all things related to COVID and the way government and businesses have overreacted to a pandemic that has a survival rate in the high 90th percentile, Ford reached out to state senators with an implied threat to pull out of the deal they reached. Ford sent senators a text message that stated, Thanks for all the recent help with the funding package. We are very concerned, however, with the current legislative proposal that would prohibit companies from requiring masks. Wearing masks is what kept our facilities running through this. Really? How about the high survival rate? This company, Ford, is now controlling what liberties the citizens of Tennessee get to enjoy. Or more accurately, Ford is controlling which liberties the government is taking away from us by veiled threats of pulling out of our state if the General Assembly doesn't follow their mandates. Ford is now dictating what legislation they approve of based on whether or not they can mandate their employees be forced to wear masks or not. 
And this is for a facility that's not scheduled to start production of their all-electric trucks until 2025. Four years from now, yet the General Assembly is rolling over and exposing their belly and abdicating their responsibility to protect the citizens of this state in 2021. It is absolutely shameful. As to the two different classes of citizens that General Assembly has decided exists in our state, you only have to read the details of this bill. I'll give you a glimpse into it through Senator Jack Johnson's own words in the conference committee that ironed out the differences in the Senate's and the House's versions of the omnibus bill. Go ahead, let's give it a listen. Okay, I detect a quorum. We're ready to transact business. Members, what I thought we would do, and I'm open to any guidance if members have objections, I, I think we watched your presentation of your uh, the House version of this bill uh, and have a fairly good understanding of that, and, and th- hopefully you've seen our, our presentation as well and, and seen a draft of that. So I thought we'd kind of start by having a conversation about some of the, the differences and uh, and see if the House is amenable and then... Perhaps I'll let Representative Zachary talk about some some of the aspects of the House bill that uh, that you feel strongly about that that the Senate might be able to uh, to accept. And so, what I thought I'd do is start with the uh, federal um, contracts and the prospect. I know both chambers had lengthy conversations about how you deal with a vaccine mandate that is tied to federal funding. And we certainly want to have a mechanism that is in place uh, to allow for folks to not jeopardize their federal funding uh, and be in compliance with a, a law that we might pass. You see, while the negotiated bill that came out of committee does provide protections to citizens against private companies and government entities mandating vaccines, it provides exceptions for medical facilities including nursing homes and hospitals that receive funding through the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. This is how state and federal government think right now. They, along with a vast majority of the apathetic electorate, think federal money originates with the federal government, forgetting that Uncle Sucker first took it from us. Money the federal government got from the citizens. And citizens that don't want to be forced into being part of the clinical trials for an experimental use authorization vaccine. Our own money, our sweat equity, is being used against us. You have to ask yourself, why are we paying taxes? So our government, which hates us by the way, can turn right around and use our money against us? Why are we allowing this to happen? Why have we allowed our government to do this to us? Well, many of you are aware, although some are not, I am a small business owner. As such, not only do I have to pay the employee share of taxes to the federal government, I also have to pay the employer's share of taxes. Business owners out there know exactly what I'm talking about. And this is another fact that a vast majority of citizens are not aware of. And it's mainly due to the government and their media enablers successfully promoting the class warfare lies in our republic for generations now. Business owners are the evil rich. But without them and the payroll taxes they pay, our country wouldn't just be tens of trillions of dollars in debt, it would be in the hundreds of trillions of dollars. People are not aware that their employer must pay taxes to the federal government for every employee on the payroll. So in essence, I am paying double in taxes what every employee sees taken out of their paycheck every week. 
Employees pay individual income taxes, and employers pay payroll taxes. In the end, though, for everybody, business owner or employee, those taxes go to the federal government. You know, altogether for 2020, those payroll and income taxes added up to $2.9 trillion. Guess how much money our federal government spent that year? A whopping $6.6 trillion. More than double the amount Uncle Sucker robbed from us in payroll and income taxes. So never mind the fact that if you or I spent more than double what we made, we would be in jail for fraud. We'll cover that another day. But how is most of that money spent, you may ask? Well, in 2020, more than $1.2 trillion was spent on the Paycheck Protection Program or Unemployment Compensation or Recovery Rebates. Also, another $1.2 trillion of it was spent through addicting states to the money in the form of Medicare and Medicaid funding. Nearly $2.5 trillion addicting people and states to the federal government's teat with very few people knowing that Uncle Sam is getting you hooked on your own money, laundered through the Internal Revenue Service. This is how our General Assembly here in Tennessee has set the parameters for two different classes of citizens. We'll leave the other class of people benefiting from the federal government's teat at our expense right now out of the equation. And that's illegal aliens. We'll save them for future episodes. But before we move on, I would like to pause for a word from one of the supporters of this podcast. Are you looking for a vacation that offers excitement and peaceful tranquility? You can get both right here in East Tennessee. Sevierville, which is the home of Dolly Parton and the world-famous Dollywood, in addition to the many family-friendly attractions in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, provide the fun and excitement to the tranquil backdrop of the beauty of the rivers, streams, waterfalls, hiking trails, and mountaintop views in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Sean Kelly and his family would love to encourage you to consider vacationing here at the Gateway to the Smoky Mountains. While there are several lodging companies you could choose from, Sean and his family have over 75 years of experience in the hospitality sector. If you are looking for a company with hometown values, where quality accommodations and cleanliness are paramount to your overall guest experience, look no further than Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee. Book with confidence and be sure to tell the Kellys that you are their special guest to receive a 10% discount on reservations. Please be aware, though, that some restrictions do apply. So call now, toll-free at 866-289-8818. You can also look at their cabins online at www.smcabinstn.com. So call now and book your vacation here in the Smoky Mountains with Sean and the Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee staff. They are experts in creating mountain memories one stay at a time. Once again, the number is 866-289-8818, and the website is www.smcabinstn.com. Be sure and tell the Kellys you heard about their Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee on this podcast when you're booking your vacation. But we're back to Liberty. With the passage of the Omnibus Bill by the third special session of the Tennessee General Assembly, the citizens of Tennessee are now divided into two categories. The two different categories are those that are employed by companies or entities that receive federal funding and those that are employed by companies or entities that do not receive federal funding. Federal funding, once again, 
means our sweat equity. Let me read to you all a bit from the Constitution of the United States of America. You remember that document, don't you? It is the document that every member of the General Assembly swore an oath to, in addition to swearing an oath to the Constitution of the State of Tennessee. But from the U.S. Constitution, 14th Amendment, Section 1. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. You know, I placed particular emphasis on that last part of Section 1 for a reason. It is often referred to as the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. With that being said, not only did the General Assembly violate their oaths of office, you know, the part that reads, quote, and that I will not propose or assent to any bill, vote, or resolution which shall appear to me injurious to the people or to consent to any act or thing whatever that shall have a tendency to lessen or abridge their rights and privileges as declared by the Constitution of the state. End quote. With the passage of this omnibus bill, the exemptions provided for employers that have federal contracts or receive federal money to impose vaccine mandates lessened and abridged the rights and privileges of Tennesseans employed by those entities. Our General Assembly is blatantly violating their oaths to the U.S. Constitution by passing legislation that violates the 14th Amendment. And they are violating their oaths of office and succumbing to a corporation's mandates and legislative dictates to the detriment of Tennesseans' rights and privileges. When will we the people finally take a stand and replace all of them? Why are we allowing this to happen? Why are some businesses, and not just the government, intent on implementing mask mandates and vaccine mandates on their employees? Well, I believe it is about control, but that is not the primary reason. It all boils down to money. Right now, because of generations of an apathetic electric, the federal government controls huge sums of money. Our money. Money they get from us, we the people, in the form of income taxes. Money they get from employers in the form of payroll taxes. Let's go back to that 2020 federal government budget. Of the $3.4 trillion in revenue the federal government took in that year, $3.1 trillion came from income, corporate, and payroll taxes. So 91% of federal revenue comes directly from we the people, from our sweat equity. You would think that with the amount of money citizens contribute to the operating revenue of our federal government, our concerns, our liberties, our freedoms would be at the top of the priority list for legislation. Nope. Our government, again, which hates us, by the way, uses our own money against us. It uses our sweat equity to addict states and huge corporations to the continuous flow of tax credits, grants, and subsidies, all to get them to do the usurpers in D.C.'s bidding. Our rights and privileges are not even secondary or tertiary on the list of priorities for the usurpers in Washington, D.C. Heck, they don't even matter anymore. 
They have secured the constant flow of our sweat equity to the public treasury through amendments, laws, and regulations. Anytime that flow is weakened through government's poor decisions and actions in the free market, what do they do? They borrow money from foreign countries, many of whom do not like the United States and would like to see our way of life destroyed, with our government guaranteeing those loans based upon what? Yep, you guessed it, more of our sweat equity. Our government is able to exert control over us, over corporations, using our sweat equity as the carrot and the stick. When their economic plans fail, as they often do, what is their answer? More spending, more taxing, gaining more control. Enough is enough, people. Well, another example of corporate or lobbyist interference with a citizen's rights and privileges in the special session's deliberations on this omnibus bill came from the Tennessee Trucking Association. That organization also sent messages to members of the General Assembly imploring them to vote against the COVID-related legislation by telling them that it was a vote against small businesses, many of them being trucking companies. What kind of convoluted logic is that? Who exactly was behind that message? That is something we need to find out. Especially since we have this statement from Bill Sullivan. He is a vice president with the American Trucking Association, which he gave this in an interview. He stated that some firms likely won't follow the federal government's mandate and will instead just drop their federal contracts. Mr. Sullivan believes there is a potential for a loss of a large number of workers if they follow the mandates. But this also poses other risks. Self-inflicted wounds by the federal government and its wisdom behind mandating the vaccine. When these trucking companies stop dropping their federal contracts so that their employees can maintain the sovereignty over their own bodies, the shipment of military equipment or transporting the National Guard, as well as food for the military around the United States, will be extremely difficult. We're already in a supply chain crisis. But... It might not affect the military that much anyway, because with Sleepy Joe, I guess he really earned that name at the Global Warming Summit in Europe this past week, our military is shrinking. I cannot begin to tell you all the stories I'm hearing from former shipmates in the Navy and friends and family that have family members currently serving, talking about the state of morale in the armed forces right now. It's at its lowest point in my memory. People who had once thought about making the military a career are getting out in droves because of their lack of trust in leadership as well as the vaccine mandate. Our recently rebuilt military is being decimated from the inside out. We have leadership that is afraid to tell the emperor that he isn't wearing any clothes. Heck, they all aren't wearing any clothes and nobody's telling them that. Our enemies around the globe are gleefully cheering on the sniffer-in-chief and the useless people he has surrounded himself with because they do not have to fire a shot in defeating the United States of America. We are shooting ourselves in the head. Let's pause for a word from another supporter of this podcast. Mrs. A.J. DePriest is the director of Proposal Logic. Proposal Logic is a woman-owned, minority-owned small business located just outside Nashville, Tennessee, serving federal contractors with proposal management and technical writing expertise. Since 2011, AJ has served more than 150 federal contractors 
on proposals for more than 200 federal agencies. While average win rates for federal proposal developers rest around 35%, AJ finished 2020 with an astounding 100% win rate for her clients. So stop losing conventionally and start winning unconventionally. If you are a federal contractor and you are ready to win government contracts, contact AJ at 615-474-2123. Again, that is 615-474-2123. Or you can email her at aj at proposalogic.com. Again, that is aj at proposalogic.com. P-R-O-P-O-S-A-L-O-G-I-C dot com. All right, more on liberty and the recently passed Tennessee General Assembly omnibus bill. Another one of the opponents of this bill is the National Federation of Independent Business, the NFIB. They claim they are the voice of small business, advocating on behalf of America's small and independent business owners, both in Washington, D.C. and each state capital. On their website, they also claim that they are the forefront of today's most pressing small business issues. Gee, if that were the case, where were they when the government determined which business was and was not essential during the pandemic? In an article in the Wall Street Journal from April of this year, and this is after just one year of the pandemic, it was reported that over 200,000 small and independent businesses closed due to the pandemic. Closed because the government shut them down. It is too bad that the NFIB didn't shutter itself during the pandemic because they did nothing except suck up our sweat equity through the federal government's money laundering scheme called income and payroll taxes. The NFIB claimed the Tennessee General Assembly's special session COVID bill would create higher costs for businesses as they negotiate their way through the pandemic. I'm wondering just how it would create higher costs. I know many people right now do not patronize businesses because of mask mandates. So getting rid of those would likely lead to increased sales and business in those businesses. Also, businesses that are requiring vaccines as a condition of employment are facing a shortage of employees. Despite the usurper's administration touting the increased percentage of vaccinated workers. We talked about that math trick in a previous episode. Nevertheless, labor force participation in the United States of America right now is lower than pre-pandemic numbers and many elites are scratching their heads as to the cause. Now that extra federal payments, I still love how that is reported, controlling the language is important in winning this fight against tyranny. They are not federal unemployment benefits. What they are, are taxpayer subsidies that keep people from looking for a job. Period. I digress though. Anyway, why do you think labor force participation is lower right now than pre-pandemic levels? Even with those taxpayer-funded unemployment subsidies having ended. Do you think the liberal elites would ever consider the fact that forcing people to become test subjects for an emergency use authorization vaccination as a condition of employment would suppress employment numbers? Nope. They would never consider their actions as the root cause for that. It must be some conservative conspiracy theory that is keeping the labor force participation rate down. You see, it is that old unbroken leg fallacy at work again. As a refresher, the unbroken leg fallacy is the presumption 
which is the basis for all kinds of government intervention in the free market. The fallacy states that since actors or participants in the free market are completely capable of acting more productively, but aren't due to market failures, so the government must step in and take action. In this instance, a large percentage of free people are not buying into the fear of the pandemic or are relying on their already acquired natural immunity and are refusing to subject themselves to an experimental vaccine. So the government steps in with their mandates and effectively breaks the unbroken leg, creating a bigger disturbance in the marketplace. We're seeing this all over the country right now. Labor force participation is just one of the indicators of government intrusion. Supply chain problems, climate change mandates, and on and on and on. If you want to know the truth, the solution to many of our republic's ills would be vastly less government instead of more government. More government always exacerbates the problem. But you will never, ever get a liberal to admit that. That is why liberalism is an acute mental disorder. Back to trade and business organizations and their opposition to the Tennessee COVID omnibus legislation. Organizations like the National Federation of Independent Business and Tennessee Truckers Association that are beholden to federal money, also never see government as the root cause of problems. They see individual freedom, individual liberty, as the obstacle they must overcome, with assistance from the government, in order to further enrich themselves with our sweat equity. Let's pause for a word from another supporter of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. So, some final thoughts on liberty for this week. If you are looking for this all to be over with, there are a few things that freedom-loving patriots can do. First and foremost, Stop playing along with the psychosis of the government and its enablers. Civil disobedience in this era of government overreach is a must. It used to be a favored tactic of the left because it worked. And what is good for the goose is also good for the gander. No human being can force you to take an experimental drug. Despite many people citing the 1905 Supreme Court decision which said the state, not the federal government here, could force a vaccine, we've since had the Nuremberg Accords that they forgot about. Next, only support businesses that are not imposing mandates on their employees. 
especially the vaccine mandates. Any business that is going along with forcing you to take an experimental vaccine that is proving to be ineffective and harmful has no business being in the free market. Send them packing to those countries where the government has absolute control over the marketplace. They do not belong in the Constitutional Republic of the United States of America. Also, if you haven't, show up at every civic event you can. And if you have, keep showing up. Make sure that the elected officials at the city, county, and state level are aware that you are watching them and watching them closely. Correspond with them regularly, too. Politely, but regularly. Encourage your family, friends, and neighbors to do the same. That is part of our responsibility in self-governance. Additionally, educate yourselves. The information I share on this podcast on my website, and on my social media pages, is available for everybody to research for themselves. Government schools and a compliant media do their best to hide the information or to distract us from the information, but it is out there. Remember, all readers are not leaders, but all leaders are readers. You must seek out and attend any and all events that are being held that serve to educate you on the Constitution our Bill of Rights, our state's constitution, our state's rights, and most importantly, the responsibilities of citizenship in the Republic. In fact, there's one coming up on the 9th of November here in Sevierville. I've spoken about this event on the weekend updates and have posted the registration link on my blog and social media pages. I'll share it again. I'll share it over and over up until the day of the event. This will be an extremely informative event. The keynote speaker will be the brilliant Dr. Alan Keyes. If any of you have not heard him speak, let me set the stage for you. It will be like listening to Socrates speaking to a bunch of young people. He is definitely a gifted human being and a servant leader. Also speaking will be attorney Jeffrey Cobble. His knowledge of the Constitution and states and individual rights is vast. This event will be held at the Hidden Mountain Resort Lodge, at 2020 Hickory Ridge Way in Sevierville on Thursday, November 9th. You must register at the link that I provided. Another event that isn't so close to home will be happening on the 13th of November in Hartsville, Tennessee. It's called the Let's Go Brandon Freedom Rally. Love that name. It will take place at 245 Marlene Street in Hartsville, Tennessee from 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. I have been invited to speak there by the organizers and Mr. Chase Matheson. I am so looking forward to this event. There will also be a mass burning party there as well. I have shared Chase's material on my blog and social media sites where he's exposing school boards, school administrators, and law enforcement lackeys for the tyrants they are. You should all watch his videos and take cues from them too. Start attending these school board meetings, heck, any government meetings, and record the actions and the words of these elected officials and their minions. Share it with the world for them to see it as well. We need to wake up the sleeping giant that is the currently apathetic electric to the ways and means these tyrants are taking over in our government. If we do not stop them in their attempts to remove our sovereign control over our bodies, then any future attempts at restoring our liberty will fail. If we succumb to big government and its enablers in their efforts to control what goes into our bodies, 
then all is lost. There will be no turning back from that point. There are only two options from that point. Total slavery or blood and brass. Neither of those are acceptable outcomes, so we must all stand in the arena against tyranny now and for freedom. Before we close the show, I would like to leave you with this from God's Word. Proverbs 5.22 The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sins hold them fast. Our government, the one that hates us, started down this road of evil deeds when they passed the 16th Amendment. Once they were able to drain us of our sweat equity and then turn around and use it against us, we began the long and up until last year, slow march towards tyranny. Their deeds have locked them onto their current path, their corrupt path, holding them fast to the need to strive for total control. If they do not attain total control, they know that all is lost for them. We need to take this stand in the arena for freedom, to free ourselves from the shackles of perpetual bondage our government is selling us into. We need to regain control of government at the local, state, and federal levels and return it to its sole role, that of protecting the rights of the citizens, the inalienable rights of the citizens, the God-given rights of we the people. Until next week, stand in the arena with me, Reveille, it's time to wake up.